Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast. Hi there, thanks very much for joining us. Special episode of Red Business this week. The Finance Minister, Cork South Central TD, Michael McGrath, delivered his first budget in the Doyle on Tuesday afternoon. We've all been dissecting it for the last few days. It's been given a welcome, for the most part, by business groups, but there are a few areas that have given cause for concern. Uh, The Minister is with us now to talk about the impact of the budget on your business and on SMEs and the supports that are out there. Minister, it's been a busy few days. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Good to talk to you, Jonathan. Thanks for the opportunity. I, I suppose first off, this is this is budget number one for Michael McGrath. Um, what was it like being on your feet there? You've seen so many, you've responded to so many, but was the pressure different when it was on your shoulders uh, delivering the main speech on the day? Um, it is a different experience, but as you say, I have uh, three budgets uh, under my belt as Minister for Public Expenditure and Reform. Uh, this was my first one as Minister for Finance, and it is a different experience because you're standing up first, and uh, it's a it's a big personal moment, uh, a very important moment for the Fianna Fáil party as well to have uh, the first Minister for Finance since uh, the late Brian Lenehan in 2010, uh, delivering a budget in very, very different circumstances. Uh, and of course, a big moment for, for my family. So I was uh, delighted to have them there and to be able to share the occasion with them and uh, just to get to see them, uh, albeit briefly, because it's been a really, really intense uh, and busy period over the last number of weeks but you're on your feet for 45 minutes uh, delivering a speech and while in the nature of budgets these days much of the, the content is already out there and th- there was quite a bit of detail um, that, that that was not out there in advance of the budget so it was nice to be able to add um, a whole range of new measures particularly on the, the enterprise tax side. And, and we're going to delve into that now because one of the key points was this 250 million euro fund that is designed to help businesses deal with inflation and the rising costs that are out there. There was a little bit of frustration that the detail wasn't in it. Uh, people want to know what does it mean? How can I access it? Will it even offset anything? Is it just going to mean bills are going to go up further? How How is that fund going to be distributed? Who gets what? So in the nature of negotiating a budget and in particular the uh, cost of living or temporary measures, you know, those negotiations do go down to the last couple of days. And so we would have agreed an overall figure of 250 million euro with um, Minister Coveney and his department uh, for a fund uh, to help businesses uh, recognising that the cost of doing business has increased. Uh, And so I know they have published their uh, proposals in terms of the, the scope uh, and the nature of that scheme uh, for businesses with a, an annual rates bill of up to, to €20,000 will get support. And I know that they've been receiving uh, a significant amount of feedback in relation to uh, the nature of that, because as is always the case, where you have a cutoff point, uh, you're going to have some businesses falling uh, on the wrong side of it. So uh, Minister Coveney and his team uh, in Enterprise will, will provide uh, the full parameters and details of that scheme uh, over the days ahead. Is me say it might be enough because they're saying a 12% increase in the minimum wage, which is being talked about as well. Couple that with the high inflation, rising labour costs, margins are very, very tight in small businesses already. So 250 million, while it seems a lot, isn't going to go far enough. Are you worried that those who are squeezed right now mightn't benefit to the degree that you might have wanted them to benefit? Well, I believe the most important thing that we can do for businesses is to underpin um, a strong economy. 
and to ensure that the economy is continuing to grow. And by ensuring that their customers, the people who buy their goods or their services, um, get more money back in their pocket uh, through the whole range of cost of living measures, the energy credits, the income tax reductions, um, all of these measures uh, help to ensure uh, that the customers of the business community um, have the resources to continue to spend and in some cases uh, to spend more. So I think ultimately, rather than supports and subsidies, um, the most sustainable thing that we can do for businesses is to make sure uh, that they have customers and that their customers have disposable income and are able to spend uh, mm. in their premises. And that's what we've sought to do because we know that inflation uh, is high uh, and while it is falling, it is still very, very challenging for a lot of households. So we've tried to give them a boost. And I think indirectly that provides a boost to businesses um, because you can only do so much through, you know, direct grants uh, or supports uh, from the exchequer. Uh, we talk about the personal tax package, it's about 1.3 billion, which is huge, uh, 800 euros to individual workers. The, refer- the fear always is if you're putting more money back into the economy, you might feed inflation again. I know the cycle is on the downward trend now, but uh, you know, are you conscious that by having more money going back in that it could accidentally inflate things a little bit? Well, there will always be uh, a direct inflationary impact of additional expenditure uh, from the exchequer, but we have baked that into our numbers and the team in my own department have forecast that we will have inflation next year uh, of around 3%. uh, And so that uh, already reflects the additional expenditure that we set out in the budget envelope. But you you have to weigh the uh, inflationary impact against the benefit of that extra money. And there is you know very important value in that extra money for households that are struggling and so we have to consider uh, in the round whether or not we've got the balance right and I, I do believe overall uh, that we have so while acknowledging there is an inflationary impact from additional spending uh, that spending also does provide uh, more scope and more headroom for people to to manage uh, high costs at this point in time what are, what are the things that people were were looking for was the details on the universal social charge I'm old enough to remember all all of those emergency tax measures being introduced over time. I'm sure you remember a lot of them in budgets gone by when you were an observer as opposed to a minister or indeed a TD. The opportunity perhaps existed to really reform USC, but it didn't happen. People are still paying the USC because it would appear your department likes it too much. Well, it's it's a highly effective tax, as everybody knows, uh, who is paying it. It brings in about five and a half billion euro per annum. So it would not be possible and it certainly wouldn't be wise to eliminate the tax. It is going to be part of uh, our income tax architecture into the future. Uh, but I do believe we can continue to make progress in reducing the burden of it. Uh, so there were three parts to the income tax package overall. Uh, the first one was increasing uh, the tax credits. Um, they have a very progressive impact because they uh, do benefit people uh, on lower incomes more. Uh, as a proportion of their their overall income, uh, then we ex- we expanded the two percent USC band uh, to make sure that people who uh, get a small pay rise or who benefit from the minimum wage increase do not go into the uh, that middle rate of USC, which uh, is currently four and a half percent, but from the first of January uh, is falling to four percent. So uh, we have a highly progressive income tax system. 
uh, the amount of tax that people pay uh, goes up very quickly as their income rises. And I wanted to make sure that we had a tax package that uh, is fair, is balanced overall, uh, that does give money back to people. But it has to be done in a sustainable way. And I'm not going to uh, make a promise that we can eliminate mm. the USC because I think uh, it would uh, it would ultimately put us in difficulty down the line. And we have to have a sustainable uh, tax base uh, to fund the running of the country, uh, to provide the public services for a growing population. Uh, and as you know, we're, we're setting up new funds to provide for the future as well. The criticism that's levelled at you, one of the criticisms, there have been many, uh, the criticism is this is a giveaway budget. You're trying to buy votes. There might be an election next year. You might not even get to a second budget if the government decides to go to the country. I know you say that's not your intention, but it did smack of an attempt to win votes because everybody got a little bit of something. Uh, is, is that unfair? Um, well, that is certainly not uh, the intention. There there will be another budget uh, in 12 months' time. I hope and I expect that the government will run its full course. I think it's important that when governments are formed in a democratic system uh, in the interest of stability, uh, that they serve the country for the full term. So I believe this government should run until March of 2025. Uh, so there will be another budget. So this wasn't uh, the last one before the election. Uh, but I am not going to engage in uh, designing a budgetary package uh, to meet electoral needs. Uh, This was designed to meet the needs of an economy and the needs of our society. And while it is a large package overall, we stuck to the summer economic statement parameters uh, of 6.1% increase in core expenditure. Uh, The tax package is in line with what we set out in the summer economic statement. Yes, we do have 2.7 billion of uh, temporary measures, one-off measures, Uh, That is less than last year. Last year, we provided over €4 billion. And the remainder of the package is to meet the costs of uh, the people who are coming here from Ukraine uh, to deal with the remaining effects of COVID uh, and to ensure that we can provide uh, the basic necessities of people who come to Ireland seeking security and shelter. So uh, overall, that's how you build up to Mm. what is a large package of €14 billion. Of course, the cynic might say you're doing it now because you mightn't have it next year because we know corporation tax is exceptionally fluid. It has been a bumper year uh, for tax take. It mightn't be. It looks like those numbers are are levelling off right now. So if you were going to do it at any stage, you had to do it now. Well, you know, I would point to uh, a number of things in response to people who say that we did too much. And of course, Most people would say we didn't do enough, given the money that we have. We are running budget surpluses. That's a good thing. It makes uh, our economy uh, and our public finances safer. And if you if you look at just across a three year period uh, from the beginning of last year uh, through this year and to the end of next year, across that period, we will have combined surpluses, we believe, of around 25 billion euro. So that's money we're not spending um, because uh, that is the right thing to do, uh, because we do need to make uh, provision for the needs that are coming our way. And uh, at the same time, our national debt is falling. Uh, particularly relative to the size uh, of our economy. And then we're setting up future funds uh, to ensure we can have a high level of public capital investment in the event of a downturn uh, and to meet the costs that are coming away really quickly uh, for the running of our country. Uh, So we're doing a lot of things that I believe um, underpin and underline our commitment to uh, sustainable management of the economy and the public finances. Uh, We're going nowhere near spending the resources that we have because it would be very unwise to do so.
Well, you have been squirreling money away as well, um, because the problem we had was we depleted a lot of the pension reserve fund. Everybody remembers that was one of the first things that went during the financial crash. Uh, and the government has been trying to build up a reserve. How much have you put away? Um, was it as much as you wanted? Um, and has it gone to silence some of your critics who said that uh, we were not planning for the future? So at this point in time, we have a national reserve fund with uh, six billion euro in it. And then the National Treasury Management Agency, who um, uh, manage our national debt and manage the uh, the central fund, uh, they have cash reserves uh, well over 20 billion euro. Uh, that's to make sure that we have adequate resources for uh, the running of the state into the future. But essentially what we uh, announced on Tuesday was the setting up of a Future Ireland Fund, whereby we will uh, put away 0.8% of GDP uh, every year uh, from next year out to 2035, and assuming a rate of return of between 4 and 5%, and the NTMA believe that that is uh, a reasonable uh, expectation in terms of a return, mm-hmm. uh, that is a fund that could, that could grow to over €100 billion Euro, uh, by the middle of the next decade. Uh, so that is how we will be using the bulk of uh, the windfall corporate tax receipts that we are collecting. Uh, there are many risks, and I pointed out uh, a number of those on Tuesday, and there are lots of things that go wrong. But based on, on what we know today and where we are at this point in time, we believe that is a realistic and a very achievable plan for Ireland, and it would make the, the future much, much better for all of us. Uh, the second fund, then, is the fund uh, to ensure that we uh, can maintain a high level of public capital investment. In the past, uh, as we know, Jonathan, when we hit difficult times, the easiest cut is a cut to capital spending. You just delay projects. Um, so the last occasion after the global financial crisis, which, you know, as we know, hit Ireland really hard and we had our own domestic challenges, um, our capital spending fell by about 60%. And you can certainly make the case that we are still, you know, um, seeing the effects of that. And now we've ramped that up uh, very considerably. But if we hit a downturn in the future, we will now have a fund in place to make sure that we can continue to invest. Mm-hmm. And within that, there will be over €3 billion Euro for uh, investment in climate measures uh, to make sure that we meet our targets uh, in climate, nature and biodiversity. So, you know, this is a very future oriented and future looking budget uh, that does make the, the future much safer for all of us. Mm. And on that point, on the infrastructural uh, piece, I, I'm old enough to remember we had announcements in years gone by the money was going to be used to extend the dart to uh, put in a Dublin metro. Maybe money has been ring fenced for a motorway or whatever the case may be. There was very little of that in the budget. Um, and giving rise to some concern that we were spending for now, not planning for the future. You just outlined the putting money away. But where were the big, big ticket infrastructural projects that Michael McGrath wanted to have his name attached to? In the budget, they they weren't there. Well, the bu- budget day is about the bigger picture. It is setting out the uh, the envelope of money. Uh, which you will use to do all of those things uh, for next year and in the following years. So we have a national development plan and uh, that is full of landmark projects uh, which we are continuing to advance. And of course, we have uh, a number of them in Cork, including the Dunkettle Interchange. Uh, So that is the national development plan in action. Uh, And there will be further projects uh, in public transport infrastructure, uh, investment in Cork and the M28 Cork to Ringeskiddy Road, for example, Uh, So all of those projects will be funded from the uh, money that we provide within the National Development Plan. So next year we'll have 
uh, a capital uh, budget of around 13 billion euro. And in the coming months, uh, I'll be working with Minister Donoghue uh, on um, ensuring that we can increase that further uh, through uh, over the next number of years, adding in some of the corporate tax receipts that we've collected. So we're going to add about two and a quarter billion euro uh, to our public capital programme over the next three years. Uh, and that is how we will fund all of those mega projects, as well as the much smaller ones, um, but with a sharp focus on housing and building the homes uh, that we know we so urgently need around the country. Yeah, how many homes do you think that this budget has given an envelope for? What what are you expecting to see if you if if, if everything went to plan? Um, what number of houses could we expect to see from the money that's been assigned? So in the current year, the the target under Housing for All is that there would be a total of 29,000 homes built. Uh, That includes um, direct building by the state, but also by the private sector. Uh, I believe we will uh, achieve and exceed that target. I think we will probably build somewhere between 30 to 32,000 homes uh, in the current year. We need to try and go beyond that and really quickly. We have a growing population. We know what the needs are uh, out there. Ireland's a very successful country. People want to come and live and work in Ireland and they see um, incredible economic opportunities and employment opportunities here. But to answer your direct question, uh, the funding that we've provided uh, through the Exchequer uh, and then through Uh, the work of the Land Development Agency uh, and the funding provided by the Housing Finance Agency uh, will build uh, over 15, between 15 and 16,000 public houses, affordable purchase homes uh, and cost rental homes next year. And then, of course, we are funding a range of other measures that will support uh, the private sector to deliver uh, many, many more thousands of homes. So that's through the funding for Ishka Aaron. We have the suspension of development levies, uh, water connection charges, and so on. Uh, finally, I'm going to finish with a political question, if I can, Minister. Um, you, you don't pay attention to opinion polls, or at least you'll, you'll tell me you don't. <laughs> what will be interesting in a couple of weeks will be whether or not your party and your government colleagues in Fine Gael and the Green Party will, will see any uplift from this. Um, the suspicion is that they won't. Uh, um, and that the issues that people are animated about most um, couldn't be addressed in a single budget. Do you think that the government will get a benefit from this in the public consciousness? Because effectively, you're looking at either opposition or coalition with Sinn Féin after the next election based on the numbers that are there. You know, it's really difficult to predict opinion polls, but what I measure the success of this budget by is uh, the benefits that go to people. And those benefits will be gradual. They will be over a period of time. And I know that People can hear about all the billions that are announced on budget day and it might seem uh, that it doesn't relate to them, but this will relate to people and it will uh, have real meaning for people as the benefits begin to flow over the coming weeks and the coming months. And so, as you can see across uh, the whole range of budget measures, they are going to be staggered in. So there will be good news every couple of weeks over the coming months. Different measures will kick in and people will feel the benefit of that. Whether or not there's a political dividend uh, from that Jonathan, uh, I think we'll just have to have to wait and see. It is, of course, we do watch opinion polls, and uh, they represent, you know, um, uh, a snapshot at a point in time of where the public are at. Uh, but the most important thing is that this will make life um, uh, easier for people. Uh, they will be better off. I anticipate that next year living standards will improve for people. It's been a hard twelve to eighteen months. We've come through a lot. The country uh, overall is in good shape. We do have challenges. 
businesses, especially uh, in housing. Um, but we have a successful economy. We're at full employment. Uh, we are running budget surpluses. We're able to provide resources uh, to help people with the challenges uh, that we face. Uh, and we are making progress in housing as well. So, you know, I think when people look at it in the round, they will see that a lot of progress is being made. And when I sit around the table in Europe every single month, I can tell you uh, all of the other finance ministers around Europe, um, you know, they look at Ireland as a country that is doing really well. And uh, we're in a much, much better place than most of our counterparts. Minister for Finance, Michael McGrath, TD, thank you very much for joining us on Red Business. Thank you, Jonathan.